Well, hello. It's time for Crime Wave, a podcast featuring mystery, thriller, and suspense authors and the stories behind their stories. Crime Wave is part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network with over 4 million listeners worldwide. I'm your host, Bonner Spring, and my guest today is the amazing Hank Philby Ryan. Welcome to Crime Wave, Hank. Thank you. This is so nice of you. I love your show. I thank you very much. Um, so let me tell everyone listening, for those of you who've been living, you know, like under a barrel for the past couple of decades, a little bit about Hank. Actually, it's more than a little bit because the resume is amazing. Hank is the USA Today bestselling author of 15 novels of suspense. She's won multiple prestigious awards for her crime fiction, including Five Agathas, Five Anthonies, and the coveted Mary Higgins Clark Award. She's also the on-air investigative reporter for Boston's WHCH-TV and has won, wait a second, count them, 37 Emmys, 14 Edward R. Murrow Awards, and dozens of other honors for her groundbreaking journalism. National book reviews have called Hank, this is, quote, a master at crafting suspenseful mysteries and, quote, a superb and gifted storyteller. Both of those things are true. That's me adding something to your bio. <laughs> Hank's novels have been named Best Thriller of the Year by Library Journal, New York Post, Book Bub, Pop Sugar. I mean, I could go on. Real Simple Magazine and other magazines. Her new book, which is what we'll be talking mainly about today, is One Wrong Word, a twisty, nonstop story of gaslighting, manipulation, and murder. B.A. Paris um, uh, uh, reviewed it this way, a gripping roller coaster of a read. This is Hank at her very best. Hank lives in Boston with her husband, a renowned criminal defense and civil rights attorney. And just imagine, I get to ask you questions today. Isn't that exciting? It's terrifying to be on this side of the microphone, I have to say. Thank you very much for saying that. That puts me so much more at ease. So let's get let's get going. Um, with a plot as intricate and twisty as the one you weave in one wrong word, um, could you start with the setup and how that creates the puzzle that's at the heart of the story? Yes, I mean it's two different questions, really. The, what the plot is and how the plot came to be so quickly. One wrong word. The wrong words are scandal, rumor, gossip, betrayal and revenge. One wrong word is entitled that because, as we know, one wrong word can ruin your life. And no one knows that better than Arden Ward. Arden Ward is a crisis management expert, and she is now being forced to manage a crisis of her own. Um, she's been accused, unfairly accused, of having a scandalous affair with a powerful client, which of course she would never do. She would never do such a thing, but her boss believes this rumor and now Arden Ward is about to be fired. So her boss gives her one last chance to save her career and that is by repairing the reputation of Ned Bannister. Ned Bannister is a savvy Boston businessman who's just been acquitted in a drunk driving fatality. But even though the jury said not guilty, the public, still calls him the parking garage killer. And that has ruined his life and ruined the life of his wife, just ask her, and also the lives of his two truly adorable children. So Arden Ward spends the maybe her last two weeks on the job repairing Ned Bannister's reputation and trying to help this shattered family um, by 
convincing the world that Ned Bannister is actually a good guy. But as the truth begins to emerge, so do the doubts, and Arden begins to wonder if she's using her skills to protect a murderer. So that is one wrong word. I knew that would be a great question to start off with you. And you know what? You already answered You already answered my follow-up, which was tell us about the title because you did it so well. And I'm learning something from this interview. I'm going to start with that next time. Okay. So, um, you know, it was always this- called one wrong word. It, I think it was, I, I think it wow. was called one wrong word before I wrote one word. It just, you know, that pivot, that domino that falls, that changes our life. And we've all had somebody say something wrong about us or not true about us. We've also all said something wrong that we completely regret and, you know, see the, you know, live the consequences of that. So it's just such a risky business, one wrong word, especially these days. So it's funny to think that I had the title before the book. I think that's lovely. Thank you for sharing that. It was great. Um, as you pointed out in, in your little synopsis there, as Arden gets into this, it's hard to know who to trust. It's a journey through uncertainty. And um, Hannah Mary McKinnon, who's your co-host on First Chapter Fun, actually said something um, about um, how she was switching allegiances every chapter because because you take us here and then Oh, there's a twist and you take us there. Um, Twist, I don't really call them twists. I call them reveals because something is revealed about someone um, to the reader. But the people people who know that bit already know it. So it's not a question Mm -hmm. of a, a twist that comes out of nowhere. It's the revealing of something that someone was trying to hide or that someone was trying to keep from someone. Um, and I love that in, in novels. And I, one of the reasons that I have so much fun writing when, on the days that it's fun, one of the reasons that I have so much fun writing is that I don't know what those are going to be. I don't have an outline in any way. <laughs> so I don't know what's going to be revealed until the character reveals it to me. And it, you know, a, a, a reveal, the big reveal isn't always at the end. I think what makes a really terrific novel is that there are reveals throughout. Um, and, you know, since I don't know what they'll be, I, you know, I'll sit here at my computer and think, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. I wonder what's going to happen. And I that's what gets me to com- the computer every day is I, I can't wait to see what happens next. And the only way I can do that is by continuing to write it. I have to write it myself to find out what happens. And that's, you know, that's my impetus throughout. I think that's lovely. Yeah. You know, those of us who read about allegiances, you know, it's interesting because I was thinking about what you were saying about what Hannah was saying about allegiances. And and it's so true because I don't know either who's good or bad as I'm writing the book. I, I just don't know. So, you know, I can't. And it's interesting because that means I can't really foreshadow something because I don't know it. So it, the, the story is revealed to me just as it is revealed to the reader. Excellent, excellent. Um, those of us who read your thrillers admire your ability to get into the minds of your characters. You just started talking about having it come out as, as you type it, essentially. But I was wondering if you thought that it, 
um, your experience with your long experience as an investigative journalist, you know, knowing people are asking people are getting, getting secrets in some cases from people. If that, um, if, if that impacts how you how you can develop characters, or is there something else? You just wait no, for the I think keys. It has to be Bonner. I think it has to be. I think the reason that every author's book is different from another author is that we bring our own experience to it, our own templates and our own filters and our own reactions and our own experiences to to a story. And I mean, I've been a television reporter for forty three years. Holy and I have, you know, wired myself with hidden cameras and confronted corrupt politicians and gone undercover and in disguise and chased down criminals. And I've also gotten people to tell me secrets. And I also know what I do to get someone to reveal a secret. And equally important, I know what people do to try to keep a secret. I know what those words sound like. I know what telling half a truth sounds like. Um, and I, I've learned over all these years to follow up on that. So what I take from real life, from reporting life, and put into my novels is the way people deal with other people, how a lie is couched, um, how a misrepresentation is presented, what words can you leave out to make something mean a completely different thing. And how we as, I mean, there's no reporter in, in, in one wrong word, but there is Arden Ward, the crisis management expert, and her whole life is molding and shaping what people think, shepherding people to believe a certain thing. And we do that by the power of words. I mean, that is one of the, you know, obviously that's the key of storytelling is the power of words. And what Arden Ward is doing in one wrong word is weaving a story about someone. And she is confronted with the sort of moral and ethical and professional dilemma of what if she's creating a complete fairy tale about someone? Um, and is that dangerous or is that okay? And how far do you go to make up someone's life? And what are your what are our responsibilities to tell the truth? So I'm 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 using my reporter skills with Arden to to reveal how she listens to people and also how she makes decisions. I mean, I, one of the things that I think is so critical in writing and in my writing, and I think about it every day, is how someone's personality is revealed by the decisions they make. So when Arden, when we see Arden and she's making the honorable, kind, wise, smart, benevolent, selfless decisions, and we see other people in the book who are making the more venal, self-centered, um, unpleasant, not benign decisions, I don't have to I don't have to say this is a bad guy. I can let you, the reader, think, ah, oh, you know, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have decided that. I wouldn't have said that. And that's how we create, that's how we create character is through decisions. And finally, through how our, our main character, in this case, Arden Ward, uh, and the district attorney, uh, Monell Churchwood, and also another character, uh, the victim's wife, Cordelia Bannister, how they deal with their worlds. And we take these three points of view and figure out um, who means what to who 
and what does someone want and how far they'll go to get it. Um, and all of that is of a muchness in using words as power. Thank you. That was a little masterclass for all of you authors out there in thinking about creating your characters. Thank you so much for that. Um, I do have a related question. Um, I know every author I know has fielded uh, a question from time to time about how did you come up with that idea? You know, how did you come up with this plot or those characters? You are a prolific author and time and again, you've treated us, your readers to scenarios that seem riffs on the headlines, you know, the front page, the front page and stuff like that. I mean, seriously, Hank, as a, a thriller about a crisis management expert. I mean, that was, it was brilliant. I mean, what, um, you know, what makes what makes a good plot, in your opinion, and maybe specifically a, a, the sort of twisted psychological novel that you're so famous for? Well, thank you. I'll just bask in that. I'll just bask in that approval for a minute or two. Thank you, Bonner. Um, I, you know, it's interesting because the rip from the headlines thing is so funny, isn't it? Because your, our books don't come out until two years after we have the idea, essentially. So, you know, how headliney can that be? But I, I do think that there is a, a way that we start thinking about things. There's a way that we individually look at the world. I mean, I think every, every person's, this is a blanket statement, but I think every author's, um, the genesis of every author's idea is something that happened to them, something that they experienced or something that they saw or something that they watched or something that they wondered about or something that they were frightened of. That's that's where it comes from. Mm -hmm. and I can tell you that the germ of this idea, and it's so funny to tell you this, the germ of this idea, uh, I didn't realize where this story came from until I was about halfway through it, actually. Um, oh. And I at halfway through it, I thought, oh, this is about what happened to me when I was 20. I didn't realize I was writing about this. And it was such a surprise to me. I sat here at this very computer for a minute and just sort of thought, it sort of stopped me in my tracks when I realized what my subconscious was telling me. You know, when I was, you know, 20, maybe 19, I worked in some political campaigns back home in Indiana. And I was, you know, I was 19. You just have to imagine a 19-year-old, you know, just in college girl working in a political campaign in the summer. And I overheard two campaign bigwig moguls talking about how one of the movers and shakers in the campaign had a huge crush on me. And this person, this guy I was listening to, I was eavesdropping like crazy. This guy that I was listening to said, you know, if any, if, if, if Jim's wife, not his real name, if Jim's wife finds out that he has a crush on Hank, that's going to be a mess. And the other person said, well, why don't we fire Hank? And I thought, fire me? Fire me? I, I, I didn't do anything. Um, and I was, you know, nothing happened. I didn't lose my job. The campaign was over. It was all good. So nothing bad happened as a result. But that memory of how bewildered and baffled I was by this truly unfair rumor um, that uh, this, this book turned out to be sort of grown up me telling, telling, 20, you know, telling Arden Ward what she should have done and letting Arden Ward behave the way I should have behaved 
all those years ago. You know, so she fights back. She's, you know, she's got confidence. She takes her power. What I just sort of hid, but Arden Ward does not do that. And it's sort of, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? Well, I get to write that now um, in this book and have Arden Ward um, face this really scandalous, unfair rumor and figure out how she's going to deal with that. So isn't that so funny how, you know, it, it, I didn't start with that. I started with what would a public relations person, crisis management person do if it turned out that they were creating a phony story for a bad guy? How would that work? Um, and that was the genesis of it. And I didn't know anything about the story other than that. I mean, that's really all I knew. I didn't know who, who was good or who was bad. Um, and it was fun to find out. But that's where, you know, that's, so when you read the part about the, the salacious rumor, you can imagine, you know, this is Hank saying, yeah, this is what I should have done. Awesome. That's great. <laughs> and it is too, and, and, you, know, you talk about the where the plots come from. I think one of the things that's important about a good plot, and I, and I think I remember this was your actual question, that's important about a good plot is that you have a character who you care about, that you have an important problem that needs to be solved where the stakes are super high. You know, if this, if the character fails, it's a disaster. Um, in the end, I think, you know, you want the good guys to win and the bad guys to get what's coming to them. And you want some justice and you want to change the world a little bit. And I think no matter what the novel is about, if it has those elements, you kind of can't go wrong with the story. That's great. Thank you. Um, the dedication to one wrong word has caught a lot of people's attention. Um, I have it written down here in front of me, and I would like to share it with our listeners right now. Um, these, um, think about the, all of you guys who are listening to this, think about what Hank has been saying, and this is how she dedicates one wrong word. For everyone who has a dream, and yes, you wonderful person reading this, that means you. Sounds just like you, Hank. <laughs> you are brave and fabulous and beloved. And that's what you think about your readers. And I am so appreciative of that. So, yeah. So from the younger Hank to the, I'm sorry, from the mature Hank to the uh, younger Hank. Exactly. Yeah. Um, since I've got you here on the podcast, there's something I've been dying to know about you ever since I first met you, which has been okay. quite a few years now. Okay. You're a TV reporter. You're an educator. You appear, you know where this is going, don't you? You appear online regularly in lots of different forums, and your encouragement of other writers is legendary. Plus, you turn out a new thriller every year. Do you um, live in some alternate reality that grants you like 36 <laughs> hours a day or something like that? I have a time turner, Bonnie, right? I have a time turner. That's so kind of you, Bonner. Thank you. Um, you know, when I was writing, when I was writing my first novel, I was in the middle of it and I loved it. You know, I, it was turned out to be prime time, but I, I loved it. But I was really worried about all the things that I had to do in my life. And I called my mom, uh, as we do when we're lucky. And this was probably 16 years ago. I called my mom and I said, you know, mom, I, I love this book. I, I'm enjoying writing it. It's a good story. I think people will like it, but I'm about halfway through and I'm not sure I can finish it. I'm just not sure I can do it. And my mom paused and then she says, well, dear, 
you'll finish it if you want to. And I just thought, you know, there it is. There it is. Thanks, mom. And we, you know, I realized that we all do what, what we want. You know, if our, if our writing is our priority, then we'll move any mountain to do it. You know, I realized in that little phrase from my mom that it was about my passion and my determination and my obsession and my devotion. And if I didn't do it, nobody else cared. You know, I was the only one who cared. And the whole, the whole deal was in my power. So it was my decision of what I wanted to do. And I wanted to do it. I realized, oh, I, I really want to do this. And so I'll do this. And that was my first novel. That was Primetime that won the Agatha for best first novel, you know, 16 years ago, which is shocking to me to think. Um, and, you know, it's, as I said earlier about a character, you learn about the character from their decisions. And my decision was to do it. So I do, I am determined. I'm a little obsessed. I'm a little deadline crazed. Um, and I've learned, you know, at this advanced age that, um, there are things that I don't I don't have to do, like my linen closet doesn't look that perfect all the time. And, you know, I, sometimes we're, we have carry out food instead of me cooking, you know, some gourmet thing. And um, I try to give 100 percent of myself to everything I do. But I also learn that there are things that you really just don't have to you just don't have to do like dust. That's great. <laughs> I'm with you on dusting for sure. <laughs> I actually remember, um, I think part of the reason I wanted to ask that was I remember a really interesting, I think it was probably during prime COVID time, uh, uh, a podcast that you did on procrastination, which was very interesting. You do you do have the, you do have those tricks. Um, and I saw a, a publisher's marketplace the time that, the time that I said. That's the time bonner when I said that one day I was procrastinating so much that I decided to, uh, alphabetize my spice rack because I just felt that I just had to do that instead of writing. <laughs> right. The, me the memes that go around about the clean toilet oils when you, when you can't figure out the next plot point. Yes. Exactly. They're all over the place. Yes. Um, so you've got a new thriller coming out. I just saw the announcement. So we very briefly, all this could be yours is coming next year. Um, can, can you give us like a, a couple of lines? To let us know what's coming down the pike. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I just sent I just sent it in. I mean, it's the first oh. draft is done. It's sent in to the editor. It's amazing. It's called All This Could Be Yours, a title which I adore and I and I hope it works. It's about a um, a debut novelist who goes on a national with a debut novelist with a surprise best-selling novel who is sent on a grueling national but grueling book tour and begins to realize that some sort of stalker is trying to derail her career and destroy her family because of a Faustian bargain that she didn't realize that she made. So Ooh, it's, very, okay. it's very meta. And anybody who, you know, is in, in book world as a reader, who anybody who goes to book events or library events, um, anybody who's wanted to write a book or knows an author or knows about book tour or has ever wanted to ask an author a question, um, I think well, uh, and auth any author who's been on book tour will really connect with this. And and also the second part of it is that she's a mom and she has two preteen kids, uh -huh. and she is trying to be a mom via Zoom and via FaceTime. And her husband at home, she realizes, is only showing her what's on the Zoom screen that he wants her to see. 
and that nothing else in their house is visible to her. So how does she be how does she be a famous author and be a good mom and make sure that everything is happy at mm. home and on the road? So we'll see how that goes. All this could be yours comes out in 2025, which I can't even believe I just said that. Yeah, that's awesome. That is so great. Um and so much for taking the time to chat with us today. And thanks for all you do to benefit the writing community. One wrong word is available in the US where six, which should be the first date this podcast is available. And I highly recommend it. I hope you have a great deal of success with this one and, and in your future. And please come back and talk to us again, Hank. Thank you. I've had so much fun talking to you, Bonner. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to have such thoughtful, knowledgeable questions. And thank you for the kind words about one wrong word. I am so pleased about that. Thanks. Anytime. <laughs>